A good conversation builds better relationships, and better relationships builds a better world. That's the idea behind something called SALT, which is a tool and a lifestyle for helping good community conversations to take place. I'm Jake Lloyd, and in this episode of the Aruka podcast, we're hearing a story from the city of Pune in West India, a story of how conversations rooted in SALT change not only a community there, but also a corporation. And telling this story to me is one of the men who introduced SALT to Pune. You are basically genuinely expressing your care to people by asking that simple question of how are you? So when we keep quiet after asking that question, the answer can last for about three hours. That's Bobby Zachariah, a social worker who's used SALT working with school dropouts, victims of domestic violence, HIV sufferers and people struggling with addiction. But he's also used it with successful business leaders as well. And he's been telling me how this simple idea of SALT brought all these different people together and changed them in ways none of them expected. Now, SALT is really very popular in Aruka Network. For many of us, it's the foundation to the community work that we do. But for those of you who are new to it, here's a quick background. And I'm going to quote one of Aruka Network's co-founders, Nick Henwood, who describes SALT in this way. It's a style of learning that any individual or group can try and it's the antidote to the way we so often find ourselves going around spotting problems, thinking we know the answers and thinking we can rescue people with our own fixes. Instead, we set out with a plan to go into a community and hear stories about people's strengths and appreciate and applaud those people and their stories. Afterwards, the group reflects on what it's learnt, then plans to transfer that learning by doing something good in their own context. So that's our co-founder, Nick Henwood. And I'll just highlight four words that Nick used there. Strengths, appreciate, learn and transfer. And the eagle-eyed amongst you might notice that if you take the first letter of each of those words, then it spells out, yep, you've guessed it, salt. And so the idea with SALT is that the people who do the listening are changed and the people who are listened to are changed as well. So that's the theory, but you might now be wondering how it works in practice. Well, hopefully, over the course of the next 30 minutes with Bobby Zachariah from Pune in India, you'll find out. So I spoke to Bobby recently and he began by giving me a bit of background to the city of Pune. Pune is in the western part of India. It's a cosmopolitan city, approximately about uh, 200 kilometers south of Mumbai, Bombay. And uh, in the early days, Pune was known as a retirement paradise, which uh, many old people, when they retire from their jobs, they would come down and settle in Pune because it has got a nice climate. But in the last uh, 20 years, Pune has developed into an IT city, a lot of information technology companies around here. And Pune is also known as the Oxford of the East. We have lots of educational institutions around here. Then we have a lot of manufacturing companies now, which has come up in in the last 10 to 15 years, automobile majors, Volkswagen, BMW, a lot of them have their manufacturing units in Pune. And it has got a large number of migrant 
community also a lot of educated people from different parts of india are moving into pune because of the reason that there are a lot of jobs available in this city for engineers and uh, software technicians so it has quite a good number of migrant communities are uh, making the community becoming more large number of young people in the city compared to the older people so one characteristic of the city would be that a lot of the people who migrate to pune generally do not want to go back uh, to where they come from they generally settle down here you've talked there about the the successes of pune but what about the challenges what makes life difficult for people there so one challenge probably this is universal across india would also be that we have 800 suicides per year so we have a large number of suicides happening and uh, uh, and the number of suicide survivors meaning people who attempted suicides but did not die by suicide Uh, that could be 10 times that number of 800 so there would be at least 8000 people who have attempted suicide so suicide is a big challenge another issue that we face in the cities uh, is of drug addiction there are a large number of students who migrate from different parts of india as well as from different uh, international students in pune so we have a large number of students who are getting addicted to drugs and the challenges related to that alcoholism is a big issue here among the young people also there are lots of job available but uh, there is also this desire to go move up in life and if you do not get that uh, things fulfilled then there is also a level of frustration among the young people that you would like to move ahead but uh, you are not moving ahead enough so that also creates comparison between their peers and abuse against women can also be a challenge i have seen a large number of women who have been attacked by their in-laws and they are admitted in the hospitals due to the abuse that they faced from their family members so things like that also uh, are not uncommon in our city and what why do you think suicide is high so one major challenge that we find relationships are a major challenge when you go deep when you speak to people and when you listen to the suicide survivors one thing that begins to emerge is that relationships have been a challenge relationships with their peers with their family members with their spouses with their children has often been a challenge and uh, there is a lot of feeling that nobody really listens to me nobody really cares for me i am lonely i am left alone to deal with my distress and my challenges nobody understands me that kind of feeling can often be uh, present in many people and uh, when issues like this keep happening then there can be a trigger which uh, provokes people to attempt the suicide so usually in the media uh, what is reported is only the trigger so they would say that suicide happened because of financial challenge or it could be because of an illness maybe they were cheated by their girlfriend or boyfriend or by their husband or wife but then when you go deep underneath you will realize that the distress has already had already been building over a period of time and uh, then one small trigger was enough to uh, push them over into attempting suicide so you you've talked about the root of this being a connection or relationship problem would you connect that to the fact that the city is is well it sounds like it's it's very much driven by by career and and success is is there a connection there do you think when you look at the educated people in the city so those who are professionals you will see that um, they are often busy and they don't have time for themselves live alone for uh, their family members so what happens is that there is very little communication that happens between the spouses between the family members and things like that and uh, so when 
distress begins to build up one after the other and when you do not have the opportunity to talk about it uh, share it uh, about it with your family and with your friends and neighbors uh, then uh, the distress keeps accumulating and triggers can happen to them but when you go among the poorer people of the community i have often been surprised that many times the poorer people are quite happy they have very limited income but they seem to be content with what they have and they lead a happy life but in the midst of all of this also i have seen that alcoholism can be a major challenge so we have large number of uh, people who are addicted to alcohol in lower income neighborhoods so they uh, attribute many reasons for alcoholism they say that you know we work very hard throughout the day and uh, alcohol is the way to uh, to forget about all that uh, pain that we endure and and often that's these are the kind of reasons what they say but then deep underneath it is it's an habitual pattern that they become enslaved to and uh, alcohol then can create a large number of women being abused by their husbands and uh, abuse of uh, wives by their husband is one major reason for uh, several women to attempt suicide because of the intensity and the chronic nature of the uh, abuse they face from their husbands so this is among the women and among the children there is a lot of um, uh, pressure from the parents and from the society and by themselves also to be excellent in their studies and uh, get more and more marks better marks because admissions to various educational institutions of high quality you need to perform very well and uh, that creates a lot of uh, pressure among the students in the school but also among the college going students that can create a lot of distress among the young people as well so these are some of the challenges facing the residents of panay and before we got on to how bobby has helped address some of those challenges i first asked how salt works from his point of view in one way it is quite simple salt is quite simple you are basically genuinely expressing your care to people by asking that simple question of how are you and when you ask that question and the approach is to listen to people when they open up their hearts and speak because when you listen that is when the families really know that you genuinely care for them so when we keep quiet after asking that question of how are you and listen to people as they open up and speak so sometimes the answer to the question how are you can last for about 3 hours and this would be basically people just sitting and uh, sharing about what they went through and uh, what happened to them and how they are struggling and how they are coping and all of that so you are basically sitting there and agreeing with them affirming them acknowledging that it was really painful and uh, you also practice this sense of salt by looking for the strengths of the community so when they say that you know uh, what really keeps us together is the group of friends uh, who are visiting and helping us so you affirm strengths like that that you notice and uh, by listening Uh, intently by giving full attention to them looking for their capacities and uh, giving a feedback in between saying that you know i notice that you have a very active youth group here who really care for the whole neighborhood giving comments like that so basically it is this question of how are you and listening and you you listen as long as they want to speak it's simple in that sense but over a period of time as uh, teams who practice salt we also try to kind of ensure that uh, we intently looking look for human capacities we give them the feedback we are um, uh, appreciating them we are not criticizing them we also try to not give advice 
this is we all, often all of us have a temptation to give advice to people after asking the question how are you but we try to curtail our own intent to give advice and uh, rather ask questions which makes them think so salt is uh, s is for support and stimulate also so rather than giving advice we practice the skill of asking questions which make people think so that the community can find their own answers to the question so in that sense salt is quite simple you can sit and listen to families by asking the question how are you and quietly listening with appreciation but over a period of time we also keep uh, practicing our skills of asking questions listening with appreciation uh, looking for a sense of team forming in the community stimulating them to think beyond what they are already sharing so these are the skills which you keep adding to the list over a period of time now bobby has worked with a lot of different people and he spent some of that time working with a technology firm in panay helping them with their corporate social responsibility or csr program now, a CSR program is when a company invests some of its time and money supporting poorer communities. And in Panay, the CSR program Bobby got involved with was used to mainly giving out things like food, education or training. As Bobby put it to me, things were done to the community rather than with them. So when Bobby suggested SALT to the CSR program, here's what happened. Initially, the company was quite suspicious about what this salt is about. The team leader of the company had visited us in Pune in my office. I was working as the head of the suicide prevention organization. So they visited my office for setting up a helpline for women in distress. And that was the time when uh, there was a rape that happened in India that made uh, international headlines. And so the companies in Pune felt that we need to have a women's helpline where women in distress can call us and uh, receive support. So since we, ra- we ran a distress helpline, so we approached us asking whether we would be able to train uh, the people who manned the helpline. And we said, yes, we can definitely do that. And then uh, she also told me about the corporate social responsibility programming that they do in one urban neighborhood. And so she expressed her uh, her grief and her confusion to me that we have been working in that neighborhood for about uh, five, six years and we don't see any result. We can't see any impact. We seem to be doing a lot of activities, but there is nothing happening in the neighborhood. So I said that, you know, why don't you uh, use the approach of SALT? It will help you to see the result. And she was quite confused what SALT is. And, but when I shared stories of change from different parts of India as well as uh, different situations, she said, okay, why don't you come and train our volunteers how to do SALT and we will, uh, I'll give you an opportunity to do that. So twice a month, uh, I started visiting the company and there were approximately 25 software engineers who would uh, gather on a Saturday morning, 9 o'clock in the morning to do SALT visits. So... What I did is that in the first 45 minutes, I would uh, orient them on what SALT is about, practice SALT with each other and uh, get their minds and their hearts ready. Then we would uh, travel to the community in a bus and uh, we will go into into different homes in teams of two or three each. Now, when they started doing SALT visit, these people were, uh, our volunteers were listening to people, families, young people, children, women, men. And uh, at the end of the visit, we would again gather in the company and we would reflect that uh, the question about, you know, what was the story in the family? Let's document it together. So they would take chart papers and they would document what they heard in each story. What were their hopes? What were their concerns? And uh, 
how are they responding to these concerns even without we doing anything about it how are these families responding and uh, so this became a consistent practice we we did it twice a month and uh, it was happening for about 5 hours each time and and we would also reflect on the question that now that we have done salt in this neighborhood what is it that i am learning what is it that we are learning from this experience and uh, we were really encouraged to hear the feedback so the volunteers would say that um, you know i earned so much of money in being a software engineer and when i go to these homes i find that they hardly get a fraction of the money that i earned and uh, i get so much money and i am constantly wondering and worrying when am i going to get a salary hike how much can i get more and uh, i am constantly looking for more and more and more and i am i am unhappy in my life whereas these families they get a fraction of what i earn and they are so content they take care of each other they are so happy with what they have they don't seem to be worrying about the future rather they are having a sense of gratitude for what they already have so these engineers started saying that you know probably we need to practice gratitude in our life and uh, not be grumbling about our salary levels the other thing that we heard from the uh, volunteers is that they said you know these uh, husbands they take such good care of their wives you know or the wives take good care of their family members so why is it that you know i am not able to appreciate my wife back home or why am i not able to appreciate my children in my home or why can't i appreciate my husband back home so many of these people started saying that you know the learning from the salt visit that i did to this neighborhood is that today onwards i'll go and i'll appreciate my wife i'll uh, spend time with my children i'll take care of my members and uh, many of them also started telling that you know we need to practice salt with our own employees as well i am a manager there are lots of people who i manage in my team and uh, rather than giving advice to team members or whenever they come to me i am ready with a solution for them as a team leader maybe i should practice listening i need to appreciate my team members more so this sense of uh, team leaders beginning to say so within the company itself changes began to happen people started noticing that uh, these software engineers and managers who go and do the salt visits they come back as different people they are changing in their approach and later on what happened is that uh, now salt training is a part of the managers training in that company so every person who becomes a manager they have to undergo a 5 day training uh, as a part of their managerial uh, learning experience but uh, the fifth day of the training is salt which is what i do uh, in the company so i train the managers on on uh, using salt with their colleagues with their family members and uh, with their neighbors so the key theme that emerges from during that workshop is that you know you you become salty in your life in general you become you practice salt everywhere so the training is not that uh, you will use salt with your employees with your coworkers you practice salt everywhere with your family members with your colleagues with your children with with your neighborhood wherever you are you practice salt so there is a sense of collective sense of practicing appreciation uh, managers and uh, uh, software engineers practicing it with their families uh, in their work environment and in their neighborhood that's a change that we see among the employees who did salt visits during these years so that's how salt impacted the people doing the listening along with the technology firm who by the way have asked not to be named in this podcast but i then asked bobby how it impacted the community or those being listened to all of these families there are approximately 450 houses in that neighborhood and each of those families were visited by our team of volunteers 
So initially, the community members were quite surprised, as I said earlier, that why do people come to listen to us? Like we are quite, uh, it's quite unusual that somebody would come and sit in my home and ask me the question, how are you? And then sit with us for the next one and a half hour, listening to our answers to the question of how are you? They were quite surprised. But then eventually what happened is that families felt that, you know, we matter. You know, we even though we are poor and we are uneducated, we matter. And uh, they also uh, started feeling that we have capacities. We have uh, capacities in us that we often did not know that we had. And uh, these people who came and did the SALT visits, they helped us to uh, recognize that there is potential in me as an individual, as we as a family, and we as a neighborhood, we can come together and begin to do things. So that sense of uh, affirmation and a sense of competence and feeling of confidence began to emerge in the young people among the women who were uh, meeting together and uh, to a lesser extent to the men because uh, men were quite difficult to find in the homes we really had to struggle men are away from their home most of the time they come late in the night or they are available in the home only on sundays or certain days but mostly with the young people and women we were able to make a lot of progress eventually what happened is that uh, after an year we did a dream building exercise with the whole neighborhood we invited the men women children into the company and we asked them like would you come to our company we will have a uh, session to think about what our dreams are for the future uh, we were expecting only about 20 people we had invited about uh, more than 50 people but uh, we thought maybe with our past experience uh, when this company was doing all these interventions in the past and when they would invite people to come to the company hardly four or five people would come and nobody really bothered about what this company did but after the salt visits when we invited them nearly 100 people gathered such a huge response from the community so we had to completely change the seating arrangements we had to bring in new chairs we had to order more food and uh, during that session the members articulated their key thematic areas of change that they would like to see in their neighborhood. So there were things like, you know, we would like to see women develop in their future. The community said another area we would like to see change happen is our children and youth should have a good future. The third area that they said is that we would like to see infrastructure in our community develops. Fourth one they said is health. We would like to see the health aspects of our community change for the better. So things like this, there were about eight key thematic areas of practice that they identified. And uh, there was no sense of dependency on the company to say that, you know, we have identified these areas of change and you have to do all this for us. There was no sense of dependency. They said that, you know, this is the area where we would like to see change happen. And we as men, women, children, we would make it uh, possible. So they identified, uh, they said that, you know, our young people would do this our women would do this and we are going to meet the politician who is responsible for our community and we are we would like to advocate with him for water for sanitation for electrification of our neighborhood put good roads in place so they went to the uh, the pune municipal corporation they advocated with the officers who were responsible for urban renewal sanitation health water supply all of that so they did their advocacy and many many changes began to happen in the neighborhood so this was done entirely by the community. Our uh, CSR team would guide them. They would say that, you know, this is the person responsible for health and sanitation. But it was entirely done by the urban neighborhood members and uh, by the youth and by the women. 
So there were lots of changes that were happening in the neighborhood. The sanitation improved. The children who dropped out of schools, many of them got back into the schools. Now the dropouts from the school has almost reduced to zero because everybody is interested in good quality education. And uh, they put uh, pressure on the education officer to say that, you know, this school should provide good quality education to us. And and they sought support from our company uh, to say that, you know, can you also put some invest some of your money in improving the quality of education in the school. So the company invested a part of their money for to build a good library, a good a good lab, training the teachers in good practices of education. So the company did their part a little bit, but uh, it was uh, mostly the advocacy by the youth and by the women and the men, who, which really brought about a big change in the neighborhood. And it's an ongoing process even now. So this time now when we are meeting, we are thinking about now that community has come so far, what is it that we would do to take this neighborhood into the next step? And so in the last year, for example, the key change that we are now trying to put in place is to bring similar change in all the 16 communities which are a part of that ward, the urban ward. Uh, this is one will, one neighborhood in that ward. So there are about 16 neighborhoods in that ward. So last year, our focus was to look at how do we transfer a similar sense of community enthusiasm and a desire for change into all the 16 communities. This was last year's priority and that is going to continue into the future also. But we are also now thinking about, you know, what is the next step? Uh, How do we take them to the next level? And that's the question which we plan to uh, discuss soon when we meet. So that's the story from Panay. And afterwards, I asked Bobby, how can this work be sustained? So I think one of the practices is the organizations investing their money in continuing the solid physics. So I've been involved with this company for uh, approximately six years, I think now. They are uh, considering this as a priority. It doesn't cost them much to conduct uh, solid visits. Pro- it, probably it is the least expensive uh, activity that they conduct in the company. This is the cheapest that they do in the neighborhood. Basically, it's all done by volunteers and it basically needs transportation. So I would say that, you know, the company identifying, uh, investing in uh, salt visits and uh, uh, ensuring that that happens every week. Uh, now, now the salt visits are done about two to three times a week. It's it has earlier it was twice a month. Now it is almost like two or three times a week it is happening. So that's one answer to your question. The se- second answer is also that uh, the company has uh, now invested in a variety of activities in the co- in the community. So for educational development, for example, there is some a little bit of health activity happening there. So these kind of activities that are happening also has an inbuilt element of agency building. So it's not just uh, providing the education as an activity or providing health or sanitation as the activity, just providing it to them. There is a whole thing about, you know, making the community and the and the neighborhood think through what they are doing, what they would like to achieve, how are they going to approach it and uh, achieve all of these things. So this whole sense of agency building and uh, assault-oriented approach being built into all the programming ensures that uh, there is a sense of affirmation and support. So I, I can see those two things as the thing. One is the SALT visit. Second is uh, the concept and the philosophy of SALT built into every program that they do. Bobby, you've painted a, a really rich picture of Pune and what's good there and the challenges people face and how SALT has helped meet those challenges and have unexpected consequences as well as you look around you as you watch the news and think about other challenges going on in the world outside of Pune and outside of India 
do you see salt as as a solution in different places and uh, do you have experience of salt in different places yeah i would say that you know for example in haiti where i worked for a few months so we we did um, neighborhood based visits it was done by the habitat for humanity team uh, who was constructing neighborhood shelters for people who who were affected by the large earthquake that happened then um, you know the salt uh, visits to these uh, refugee camps where they were staying the people uh, in the camps and uh, listening to them and affirming them it really helped uh, all the people in the neighborhood to come together talk about it the distress that they are facing and they said you know this is the first time we were talking about what we went through and you could see that you know how acute their distress was because of the uh, earthquake that they had faced and uh, large number of people who died and they have not spoken about it even though it was an year ago and uh, when they spoke about it they started to heal but they also uh, uh, were able to come together and say that you know now that shelters are going to happen who amongst us will be prioritized so they said that you know widows for example will receive priority families where there are only orphans no parents left they will get the shelters in the first place where there are older members of the community they will get shelters in the first place so they were able to identify the vulnerable vulnerable people among them and prioritize them even before uh, themselves but i i definitely believe that if organizations who are working in the neighborhoods irrespective of which country they are in if they go into the community with a sense of um, believing that this community can make a big difference and their the capacity is already there and uh, by being there we are only trying to identify and uh, provoke this capacity for their own healing and change if the when the communities go with this approach then communities are able to come together talk talk together rebuild their neighborhood and uh, that collective sense of uh, reaching out for change and organization standing uh, beside them that story is possible in in various cultures is what i have experienced wherever i have been just just quickly finally people listening to this who have only just come across salt from listening to you and they think right i want to i want to do salt where i live how, how should they start what's the first thing they should do i would think that you know the first thing should be uh, in terms of believing that the neighborhoods can have capacity and they can uh, come together for changing their future that belief in in our own heart is probably the starting point the second uh, thing when we believe that they can change for their own good for with their own capacity then we then begin to say that okay then our role is to listen and to affirm and to uh, support them ask appreciative questions which brings out the capacity among the people then uh, you know the when you do it consistently you begin to see that communities feel affirmed and encouraged and uh, they begin to speak about their concerns that is uh, bothering them and they also begin to speak about what are they already doing to deal with those challenges so a community a neighborhood based response or a family based response begins to emerge so the first two things i would say is that if you can believe look for those capacities in the families and the neighborhood um and then begin to listen to it and to affirm it uh it it continues to build from there and so there we have some lessons about salt from bobby zachariah a social worker from the city of pune in west india 
If you'd like to know more about SALT, then you can take a look at our blog, arukanetwork.org forward slash blog, and here you'll find an interview with one of the pioneers of SALT, a man called Ian Campbell. But that's it for this month. I hope you're now feeling suitably salty and that you'll be spreading a bit of SALT in your own community. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, bye for now.